Greeting Earthlings, we have now taken over your radio. Hello and welcome into the Jayhawk Talk Podcast. I am Kevin. Joined with me, as always, is Andrew. And Andrew, we are coming off an interesting week. Uh, one little close game and one that was a, just a beautiful little blowout. Uh, what was your thoughts on on first uh, the, the week that was with uh, some, some fireworks in the Big 12 and also two wins for the Jayhawks? Well, I mean, at large, the, the Big 12 is a monster of a conference you see number one undefeated Baylor go down twice we struggled against Iowa State and you know maybe deuces to some lucky officiating hey, uh, with uh, we we come out with a win and then uh we just blow out West Virginia so you know we've got some guys back uh and not that they were hurt but they are back we're talking Dave, we're talking <laughs> Jalen Wilson, and then if we can get Remy back back from one to be old Remy and two to be not hurt, then I think we got ourselves a squad, a squad that this is a conference that's ripe for the taking. So, you know, we're early into this conference season. We we're four games in, but uh, I'm feeling good, but uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a daunting challenge, Kevin. Andrew, speaking of back, who is sitting atop the big 12 standings right now? We, As we record, we are, and I think that the only other team with one loss is TCU. TCU, <laughs> and they're that? and they're one and one, right? How about that, uh, TCU is two and one. I think they're two and one. Okay, uh, well, let's look. Are they two? And, I thought they were one. Can, either either way, they they question. had a they had a COVID little issue. They beat Oklahoma they're, in overtime oh, two days ago, fifty nine fifty eight. They beat K State. So, we're three and one. They're two and one. Uh, everybody else has at least two losses, including Baylor, who went down twice last week. Crazy to think. Crazy. Uh, but you, you see the bottom basement worst team in the conference beats Texas Tech, a Texas Tech team that had beaten KU and had beaten Baylor in its previous two games. So that is that's crazy to think about. K-State comes out with it. Uh, after losing to a disgraceful game against TCU where they had, they had the game basically won and then gave it away. So who knows what's going to happen in this conference? Uh, Wild. You know, these conf- this is the type of conference in the conference year where these teams go into March tested because they have to play tough games every single week. It's not like there's four teams at the bottom where you can just get these free wins there are no free wins this year yeah whoever wins this conference deserves it that's for sure i don't know how many losses they're gonna have uh maybe you know five uh i you look down the down the schedule andrew and as you mentioned the the worst game is or worst uh, team is k-state and they're they're beating ranked teams at home by 11 points so uh you know i i I tend to agree that it's going to be a just a bloodbath uh, in the Big 12, which is, as you mentioned, good for uh, getting good tests. Interesting sort of yet to be determined what what sort of that means for number of teams getting into the into the tourney. There's going to be a lot of Q1 or quad one uh, uh, wins <laughs> uh, certainly racked up by a lot of teams, uh, you know, e- even if you. You, you look down and you just beat anybody in the big 12. That's a quad one win. Uh, so that, that helps the resume, I suppose, but you're going to have some losses too. And we'll see what the, uh, you know, how that shakes out when it comes to selection Sunday, but Andrew, let's, let's jump into this, uh, this week. Cause it was, it was sort of interesting. We talked about the Iowa state game uh, being a close game, probably didn't need to be that close, uh, but ended up, you know, being a, <laughs> a one possession game late and, and, uh, and then, of course, the the guy who you want driving the lane and taking the shot, the the one that we would all point to and say that's the guy who needs to take the fun. Dwan Harris, of course, is of the course, one who makes the the guy who shot. can get a bucket when you need a bucket. <laughs> Dwan Harris, averaging three points a game, he's <laughs> more than that now. But yeah, uh, you know, ice in his veins though, because you know uh, this is this is a 
possession at the end of the game where Ochai has the ball. The ball goes to Dewan Harris with a couple seconds left. And, you know, a little scoop layup, ball goes in, uh, three clanks on the other side, and, and we get the win. Uh, who would have thought that that's how we were going to draw it up? But, uh, you know, I guess it goes to show you that anybody can beat you on this team, even Dewan Harris, the least potent offensive threat, at least probably in the rotation. Uh, not necessarily the worst player, but just in terms of offensive threat. But but here we are. Anybody can do it. And, you know, he certainly showed some confidence out there in that Iowa State game. And the rest of the game was not great for him, but he did pull it out at the yeah. end. That was a it was a rough game. We did a bunch of turnovers. Not not his normal game, but came through late. And that's uh, certainly what matters. Uh, it was a weird game overall. We're not going to spend a bunch of time. I know this is a week ago. It feels like for a lot of you, but uh, the weirdest rotation game I can remember. Uh, we talked a little bit about this on Twitter Spaces after the game. Which, by the way, be sure to watch out. We've been doing these. Uh, I don't know every other game or so. Whenever we feel inclined, join us on those Twitter Spaces. It's fun to do some post game analysis. Get your thoughts. Uh, it's kind of a podcast that you get to participate in, which is fun. Uh, but. Andrew, it was a weird sort of rotation game. You had, you know, Dave sitting for long stretches, Mitch playing a bunch of minutes, uh, you know, KJ still starting at the time. And, you know, maybe we throw that one out because what we saw against West Virginia might be what we got going forward. It certainly feels that way to you, uh, to me at least, where you, you got Dave, whatever he's been for the last month, you have him start again, get back in the starting lineup and look like old Dave. Is that is that how you feel about it? That's how I feel about it. I mean, these are a tale of two games here. We have in the Iowa State game, and maybe we'll use this to transition to the the wonderful second half of, of West Virginia, but let's look at the Iowa State and look at Dave. Dave played 10 minutes and had one point. That's crazy to think about when you compare it to the West Virginia game where, where he had uh, he, he started, so he got back, got himself back into the starting lineup, played 29 minutes, had 19 points and 15 rebounds, 10 offensive rebounds, which I think I, I saw the stat on CBS. Now, CBS, leave it to the stat heads of CBS to come up with this statistic. The <laughs> most offensive rebounds from a Kansas Jayhawk. Jeff Graves. It's Jeff Graves. Yes. And that's Syracuse 2003 title game. How about that? He was great in that game, by the way. Oh, he was incredible. In that he was game. great. That was the best Jeff Graves game, man. He looked good. Uh, Maybe that's why we... I mean, that's why we think about him so so highly. Is, is he had that one? I mean, we lost that game barely, but uh, he had that one incredible game and was pretty good the rest of his career. But like, like that Jeff one Grace. game, that one game, you know, he's still around. I I see him. For, it seems like every time I go to Ameristar, I see Jeff Graves. <laughs> you know, I think he was a owner slash general manager slash coach of a semi pro women's team. How about that? If I looked, if I read that re recently correctly, I don't know if that's still around, but like, hey, you know, still still around, Jeff. Maybe Jeff can come back and teach us uh, our big man some dunks. Although, getting back to this game, uh, David can dunk. David can dunk. I saw it. I saw it with my own two eyes. He made some dunks. He looked good, Andrew. He looked like old day. He looked comfortable. He looked like he was energetic. He started the game just out of like a ball of fire out of energy. And he, he had, you know, and you could, you could especially see it on the, on the, on the glass and just even on the defensive side, just, you know, he, he's, he's a pretty, he moves pretty well for a big guy and he kind of gets turned up. Sometimes he doesn't need to get all excited. He kind of acts like a guard sometimes and he's, you know, trying to shuffle his feet and stuff, but he was turned up and you could see something different there. I, I just hope that that's the mentality he takes. Not, I got to go score a bunch or I got to go shoot at a bunch or I got to do whatever, but just, it seemed very in the flow and just was getting it all from energy, which that's who he is, right? He's a, he's a, a guy who can, you know, hopefully get a lot of rebounds. He can, uh, through energy, get a lot of putbacks and, and just be, be a force inside without having to be a, a go-to guy. That's what we need from him. And he, that was his best game I can remember. I mean, he, he looked great. He was obviously energetic on the offensive glass and, and against West Virginia, uh, you know, that's, that's something they're usually pretty good at. We, he gave him a little taste of their own medicine. You know, I can always tell if it's going to be a good Dave game or not. When, if he starts, if he has a good jump ball, but, which but is more rare, of, which is rare. Right? <laughs> if he even gets to do the jump. Right. Which he did this time. Uh, 
but the first possession that he gets the ball near the near the basket, which is usually they try to go in pretty quick, like one of the first possessions, get the ball into Dave. If he's able to convert cleanly and smoothly, it's going to be a huge, it's like Groundhog Day. It's going to be a huge, huge Dave game. If he gets the ball and he kind of, you know, jumps in the air and flails and does something, you know, off balance with his legs kicked up and it clanks off the backboard. It's going to be a bad okay. Dave game. Good to, something but to, something to watch. this game, first possession out, clean. No, no, he did get the ball in on the jump, but it was out of bounds. Goes to West Virginia. He was energetic. He's just full energy. Just right. slapped, that, which is fine. Which ball. is fine. Like we're not we're not completely out of the uh, out of the hot water here. First possession down with him gets the ball clean, clean bucket. Mm-hmm. N- nothing crazy. Nothing like herky jerky. Didn't take you know, th- you know, three seconds to do a half second move. You know, mm-hmm. easy bucket. Groundhog Day didn't see his shadow or saw his shadow. I don't know how this this metaphor works, but Groundhog Day good. Good Groundhog Day. There you go. So let's test this out. Is everybody, everybody listening at home in your car? Like, let's just test this out. First possession. Okay, see how the jump goes, and see how first possession down. You know, I, I don't know how you measure this, but does he make a herky jerky movement? Does it clank off the backboard? People, I'm know not asking. I'm not asking it to go in, but I'm just like good, clean post move. Not a crazy like legs in the air. You know. <laughs> bad Dave move. I think someone should go back and watch all these games and just see what the percentages are. Uh, if, if my, if my theory works, I think it does work. Okay. Well, we will, we will keep an eye on the groundhog David day D a Y V I D, which I think <laughs> I like better than David. Uh, I know you workshopped that one a little bit. I just don't. Yeah. Know you didn't it. even see if you, I know, on David. I know, I know. I David, it. you didn't even get, you just thought I was like changing the word. No, I meant like Bay. Like I was he's, confused. At the, now was our Bay. Now I get it. I get it. Yeah. But it's still not great. I mean, groundhog David means uh, <laughs> he has not seen his shadow. We're going to have a spring uh, of dunks and offensive rebounds and, uh, uh, pass out of double teams to three pointers. That's maybe even I mean. a block shot here or there. Maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. Uh, anyway, he he looked great, and I think what we're going to do here is bounce around some storylines. Uh, so maybe maybe we already handled Dave, but hopefully Dave is is uh, is what we saw here because we've talked about this. The ceiling goes up, like the ceiling is championship good if we've got that David. So um, much it goes up so much. Yeah. Like, th- th- no bigger difference in the team than if, if we have a good David out there. Like, it, it becomes so high. You're right. Championship level, elite, best team in college basketball if he's good. Yeah. We need him to be good. We don't need him to be great. We don't need him to be a go-to. We need him to be good. Uh, and he was he was very, very, very good in that game. And, and the you know, the difference maker. I think people fed off that. Obviously, we made a lot of shots in the second half. Got got great offense got everything going it felt like it's kind of snowballed from there but um andrew let's talk a little bit about jalen wilson too because uh jalen wilson is starting to put together the season that we i think a lot of us were expecting from him and i think bill self was expecting from him and he's doing it highly efficient uh you know some would question that from the three-point shot i still think that he's taking decent shots. Some of them just weren't going in. They're starting to go in a little bit more, but he's doing it all within the flow. He's not pushing anything. He's starting to get in the paint just a little bit, uh, you know, a little two man game, little things like that, that he's, he's getting uh, just, he looks very comfortable. And he's another one of those guys that doesn't have to score to really impact the game, but he's doing that too. <laughs> and, uh, and that's, that's what we need from him. We need him to fill up the box score uh, and we need him to, to be efficient. And he's, he's doing both of those things right now. What do you think about uh, Jalen Wilson's last few games? You know, I don't think the Iowa state game was great for him, but you know, these definitely in big 12 season, you've sort of seen him take a, a huge step forward. And then in the West Virginia game, it was a giant leap forward. Um, he, in those, these big 12 games, I think he's done everything else except score really well. I, I think that his defense has been pretty good. He's, you know, asked to play that four position or guard the four, or, you know, or, or even t- sometimes uh, guard up a level. 
depending on who's on the floor. Uh, and, and rebounds have been there. I think the assists have been there. I mean, obviously, we are so fast when he's on the floor. And I think you really saw that in the West Virginia game. How, just how fast we play. When we got the defensive rebound, how quickly we were running up the floor. I don't think I've seen a team that's looking to run like this probably since Roy Williams uh, tr- just to get out in, in transition. And I think we are obviously most efficient in transition. I think uh, opposing teams are probably scared of our transition offense more than, more than anything else. Not that our half court offense is bad, but we're just so fast. And I think we're, we're best doing that when Jalen Wilson's on the floor. Uh, But, but you go to this West Virginia game and definitely his best game of the season and maybe the best game of his career, even going back uh, to those, you know, first two months of his, his freshman season last year where he was, he was just incredible. But if we start to see play out of uh, Jalen Wilson like this, then, you know, that's just one more thing. You know, Jalen Wilson was a guy who declared for the draft, Kevin. And then you, you would not recognize that if you, if you thought that this is a player I'm watching the first two and a half months of the season, this was a player who who declared for the draft and, and, you know, potentially could have been drafted. Uh, Didn't see that in, in the first two and a half months, but this player, the player who played against West Virginia, that's an NBA player. That player did everything. Yeah. I mean, to your point, eight boards, five assists, block two steals, only one turnover, 23 points, Andrew, uh, made 50% of his threes. Uh, yeah, and that's following, you know, a game, as you mentioned, not a great game uh, against Iowa state. I kind of forgot about his play there, but then you look at the tech game where he scores 20, but you know, Bill self kind of blasts him a little bit. He only had two boards in, in 32 minutes of play. Well, and that don't was forget, after, he's playing power forward. He's playing. He, right. if he's not rebounding. No one else is rebounding. And that was the game after Oklahoma state where he goes for 15 boards and only two points. And Bill Self, of course, loved that game. <laughs> so he's just got the ability, you know, now it, it, it just sort of varies. I think on the, on the game a little bit, but he's got the ability to fill up the box score. And I, I just hope we get the, we continue to get the efficiency that we've seen from him over the last few games. Uh, I think that's where, you know, cause he can, he can impact the game in a, in a zillion other ways. But if he's, if he start if he's taking good shots within the flow of the offense, which he mostly has been, uh, I, I agree. And, and what you said a minute ago is, you know, how, how we play and look the best when we're playing fast, a hundred percent agree. And I think we saw that against West Virginia, but we've seen that all year. And that's where I think we've missed Remy because uh, Remy makes us faster. And, and that's something I think if, if we can get him back uh, and playing consistently, I think we're going to see that a lot. We saw, uh, you, you know, Pettiford play a little bit um, and he's been pretty, I guess, pretty bad <laughs> since he's been back. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that, uh, I don't think he's quite ready yet. I think self kind of realized that finally after he was just a turnover machine. I don't know. He's probably averaging like a, a turnover per minute just since he's been back. But uh, but then he threw Joe in there for a few minutes and got some run, uh, which we hadn't seen in a while. And yeah, and, and just to talk about Joe real quick, you know, I, I think on Twitter Spaces we were all questioning why no Yesifu, why no Joe uh, against Iowa State. Apparently, he was injured. We we, we had not heard that uh, prior to or after the Iowa State game immediately. So we're like, it does is he in the doghouse? Does Bill Self not think he's good enough? Uh, he was injured, so that's why we didn't see him against uh, Iowa State. But you know what? You're right. He had great minutes against West Virginia. Yeah. And, I mean, as, as Remy is still nursing back and hopefully coming back soon, you, you might be seeing I, – I will see. Um, may, maybe Bobby gets you know gets more healthy and, and is, is the guy that's kind of getting some of those guard, guard minutes off the bench. But Joe looked great, and he was playing fast, and he was playing athletic. And I think I said something on Twitter, like, you know, we are best when we are acting fast and athletic and he was playing both. And, uh, and he was, he was pushing the press or pushing the ball, uh, uh, down the court fast. And and that was, that's what we need. Right. Um, now let's talk about Remy for a second. Cause I think that was another storyline that was popping up a little bit on, you know, on Twitter. And then I yeah, think, so, uh, and I'll interrupt you here. I don't know enough about this, so I'm going to rely on you to kind of catch me up either. as as well as the listeners about 
about what the whole Twitter drama was and then Bill Self's response to that. Uh, so I don't know enough about it. Yeah, I, I saw Bill Self's response and that kind of piqued my interest more than, frankly, anything else I'd heard. Uh, so I, as far as I know, and I may have this wrong, but uh, our guy Vernon puts out a, a, uh, a tweet, I think, of, you know, he, he sort of does his unfiltered uh, KU hearings, right, on Twitter. Uh, some of which yeah. have been. He's very, got the ear of a couple people. Yeah, I, think. I mean, yeah, right, right or wrong, been, they're they're telling him things, and he's not not using an editor. I mean, you know, that's the new thing, right? Whether to one? say, uh, whether to to post it or not, and he posts it, and we, and then, you know what? Most of the time, he's been right. Yeah, he's. I he's think. Had a lot I, of think right. I think for the most part, it's been right. I and I don't even want to say the times he's been quote wrong have We're been really wrong. wrong. Yeah. It's just, you know, either got pushback or something happened or, you know, like, you know what, I think he had one day he had a starting lineup, you know, hearing that was wrong and, you know, things change, whatever. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I think he was right on that, but you know, some of the big 10 stuff, it's more like KU wants to do this yeah. or they're feeling this, but that's not a thing that can be proved or, you know, can be right. Uh, falsified one way or the other. It's just more of a mood. Or this is a intention. I, I like Vernon a lot. But, you know, when you put those things out, you're going to get heat. And I think he knows that because uh, if you're going to put things out and they're not going to be, you know, confirmed with four sources and, you know, whatever, Jesse Newell's not going to run with it because maybe he heard something but can't get, you know, his editor's not going to let him, you know, all, all the things that would go on normally. This is what you get when you get unfiltered uh, intel. Uh, sometimes and it's... It's unfiltered for a reason. And I Okay, I, so tell I tell the folks at home like what it, he right? said. Tell the folks at home what he said. So I think he let me see if I can find it here. Uh okay, he said something to the effect of uh there's a rumor that's out that he's out for the year. Okay. Uh I'm under the impression that the knee is okay structurally. This is, I think, him saying that now. From what I understand, there's hope this can be worked out, but tensions are high opinion is that this isn't about the knee too early to say with hundred percent confidence that he's done based on what I've heard. Doesn't look great though. Hope they can work it out. So you can read a lot of stuff there. I mean, obviously the headline is there's a quote rumor that he's out for the year. And then he says, I'm under the impression the knee is okay. So, and then he says, hope it can work it out, but tensions are high. So it's sort of implying without saying that theoretically, Injury may not be the problem. Maybe there's something else going on, right? I mean, that's kind of what, what it sounded like to me as I was reading through it. But he sort of put some qualifications in there. You know, opinion is that this isn't about the knee. Uh, you know, hope they can work it out. Under the I mean, the real headline day. is Remy Martin out unhappy. For right. Uh, you know, is unhappy with Bill Self. Right. And, and holding out. To- and holding out. So Based on his unhappiness. Any way you want to read that, I think I think a lot of people will read it the way they feel like reading it, right? Oh, shit, he just said Remy's out for the year. Like, some people read it like that. Some people will read it like, oh, man, there must be something going on with he and self that's kind of weird. Other people read it like, oh, well, good to hear the knee's okay. Hopefully they work. I mean, everyone sort of read that a different way. Well, I think he got pretty roasted on, on Twitter. Uh, and for the, not for necessarily the just on Twitter. And then... Like as it turns out, not necessarily just on Twitter, uh, as uh, as it comes up uh, eventually in post game, where Bill Self is asked, uh, you know, very specifically, what you know, how's how's Remy progressing, and Bill Self says, you know, he practiced today, uh, looked pretty good, and and sort of then goes on a little bit to to say, let's see if I can let's see how this works here. We'll play it through the microphone, see if it. See if this works. Is this coming through? Not really. But on this particular situation, I actually know a hell of a fucking lot more than, excuse my language, than some other people. That came through? That came through. All right. So you heard it. Uh, Bill Self says, in this particular situation, I know a hell of a effing lot more. Which, first of all, we got. I got some thoughts here. Very poor cussing. Uh, like you, you mm-hmm. reserve the F bomb for, uh, you, you know, for, for, for the right purposes and hell of a lot effing like that is just 
poor syntax. But all right, so <laughs> as as I'm gonna do a little sidetrack here, we need to get a cursing coach in to help Bill Self. <laughs> I bet he's pretty good. The problem was he yeah. wasn't covering his mouth. You don't want to put it in the middle of the word. You want to use it as emphasis, either at the beginning of the sentence or at the end of the sentence. We need like a like a William Faulkner uh, I mean, writing like, coach to come in here to teach him the proper placement of your emphatic swear. Absolutely, I think is the only sort of like that works. Um, it's the exception to the rule. Yeah, it's an exception. So anyway, he goes out in post game and in front of the press drops an f bomb about this particular issue and says on uh, sort of whatever on that on that issue. I know a hell of an effing lot more than other people do clearly responding to reports that something's going on between he and Remy. Right. I mean, th- I think that's the, that's has to be the intimation. The thing that was frustrating to me, I think when I heard that, first of all, when was the last time Bill self dropped an F bomb in a presser? I don't think he ever has. I mean, we were talking offline about this. The, the only time I could remember him ever really swearing is Brandon green's dick move. <laughs> that's the only one I can remember. And like it probably deserves And we it. would remember. This is the type of podcast that would have the institutional memory to remember every time Bill Self would have sworn in public. Yeah, and and maybe you guys know. Just let us know if we're wrong on that. But the point not on here the bench, is, not on the bench, because that happens every other word. But right, but he covers his mouth. He covers his mouth in front of the microphone <laughs> after the game. So you think about that. A guy who is so conscious about not doing that publicly that he covers his mouth when he screams curse words at everybody is in the middle of a presser by the way not like asked a hard question like mad at the reporter or even mad at anything drops an f-bomb in response to what seemed like i don't know not like a, a crazy question uh and it wasn't even implying anything with the question he clearly had it on his mind such that it was fired up enough to lose his cool and say that there. So I got two theories here. One, something is going on, you know, that's strange and weird. And that was my immediate reaction. That's very unbill self-like to do that. Or two, and maybe this is something to this. He very calculatedly did that on purpose to sort of say, to make it clear to both, you know, the, the media, I suppose, and to Remy, that there is nothing going on. I have your back. I want you back. I want you out here doing this. So if you, if your subscriber to bill self is always playing mind games, I, I would accept the second theory. I tend to lean more toward the first one though, that it sort of just came out and bill self just doesn't do that very often in a way that made me go, huh? That was probably worth some follow-up. <laughs> you know, why? Did you have that reaction there, Bill Self? Obviously, there's something in your mind to, to have that sort of raw, you know, visceral sort of response to what seemed like not a tough question. Um, and, you know, and maybe he wouldn't have bid on it, but I I thought that was it was off for Bill Self, and it made me probably have more questions than maybe I did even before. I, I, that's just kind of where I'm at. You know what I think's coming? Hmm. Big Remy game. Nobody believes in us. You know, they're they're trying to they're poisoning poisoning these these poisonous journalists or poisoning our relationship, <laughs> trying to tear this team down. I don't care what mind games he plays behind the scenes with this information. I big Remy game coming. Maybe not against Oklahoma. K-State, perfect comeback game for Remy. Perfect. We'll not comeback so. game just generally, but comeback is like we want Remy Please back. Please come back. Yeah. I I hope that's we don't right. Want, we don't want like a Remy who goes like one for two with two free throws. We want Remy back. Yeah. Well, I hope so. I hope he's healthy. I hope whatever's going on gets worked out. I, I tend to think it will. Uh, you know, I just kind of, I don't know where I'm at, but uh, nothing, nothing to really go off of other than same reports everyone else has heard. But anyway, just a weird, a weird sort of storyline to watch throughout the rest of the year here is, as, um, and and our guy, Vernon. Uh, Love you. Yeah, I'll stick up for Vernon. I, what's yeah. He, all he's doing is saying what he hears, right? Right. You know, so it can't, it can't this is what's going it on. Is what he is. Is what it is. I I, I don't want to speak for Vernon, but like he obviously knows either somebody in the athletic department or some big donors who know things, and he is just letting us in 
on what they're talking about. So he's just opening the curtain a little bit and allowing us to participate in those conversations that the people in the know are participating in. He didn't ever say, he didn't say anything with definition, with certainty, but also just what they're hearing and sparks that conversation. So really he's just letting us in the door. Yeah. He got roasted. Whether it's wrong or right. Who cares? Who cares? I think that's what he needs to, uh, uh, (laughs) I know that I'm like, give uh vernon advice on anything here but i think he needs to own it more yeah <laughs> not not defend it just own it you know what i mean like uh say it's what hey, i'm here look, it's what i'm here what i'm here just passing what along you to, to you do? i'm not making this up I'm just passing along i'm to just you. passing along what i'm here it's like you can you can take it as gospel you can take it as bullshit but you can you can subscribe to whatever theory you want just i'm just passing along um uh, <laughs> i, I might have heard it overheard it at a bar two morons talking at the bar, but I heard it. I'm going to say it. I, I like it. I, it doesn't bother me at all. I think it's great. I, I wish, uh, I wish people would just sort of, you know, it's a, a, a free app. This twitter.com. Yeah. <laughs> you, can say, you can say whatever the hell you want, uh, uh, to a, to a degree. <laughs> so, so there you go. All right, let's move on from that, Andrew. That's enough. Uh, you know, I, I want to tell you, we are, I don't know how long we're into this podcast, maybe 30 minutes, maybe less long time we haven't even said the words ochai abaji or christian brown yet yeah that's that's got to be tough for you uh tough scene on the cb front but uh which one do you want to start with because i'd like to i got words on both let's talk about ochai ochai is just kind of becoming a broken record in in the best way possible he gets his 20 points he gets his you know, five to seven rebounds. He gets some his assists. He's a very efficient. He shoots fifty percent from three, uh, and you know he is our our offensive workhorse every single game. And he's so good that people just have stopped talking about how good he is. Yeah, it's been it's been fun watching him. I mean, the last three games, 20, 22, 24. He's just right there. He's just getting twenty points. He's getting his like six or seven boards now. Uh, a game and he's just been great. Uh, so let's, and let's put him in some historical context and, and someone in, on Twitter had asked this question. I don't know who it was, but uh, I will uh, apologize for not citing them, but you know, it's a general question and I'll just say, let's just say recent memory. We'll just say Roy Williams onward. That's for, you know, recent for you and I rank him in terms of, wings that have played at Kansas and not, not necessarily like the whole career, but like this uh, per, per season, uh, you know, going back. So like, I mean, I'll throw out some names, you know, Paul Pierce, Keith Langford, Andrew Wiggins, Josh Jackson. Uh, you could throw Brandon rush in there. Where, where does he rank in terms of this season? Because he's inching up to where you can't really put anybody above him, about what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, he is working toward a uh, a jersey in the rafters, which I think absolutely nobody. I don't think anybody would have really thought was you know a likely scenario. Uh, but he's he's looking. I mean, he's looking the part. He's playing decent defense. Um, he's playing so efficient. I mean, he's shooting forty eight percent from three. I don't think that's sustainable. But maybe <laughs> uh, we're halfway through the season. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and you look at guys like you mentioned, like Pierce. I mean, he he was a monster that junior season, just an absolute monster. But and I the- am not in any way suggesting that Ochai Abaji will go on to have the impact that Paul Pierce had either either on the program or in the NBA. But when you look at numbers and when you look at what someone does for a team and means to a team, uh, they're getting close here. Yeah. Uh it's 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 been it's been fun to watch and sort of quiet is sort of the weird part about it. Uh like he doesn't get a lot of national publicity, it doesn't feel like. He doesn't get a lot of, you know, wooden watch. Boy, this guy is, you know, on the on the, you know, top two or three, four or five guys. It's he doesn't it's sort of quiet, but he is just doing his damn thing. Um uh, and it is it is fun to watch, and I I love his game, and it's he's starting I think to get back a little bit more the last few games to do what he was doing early in the season. That's getting to the basket a little more, and I want to see more of that. Obviously, any three point shot he's 
semi-open he needs to take <laughs> if he's going to make 50% of them, for God's sake. Uh, and, you know, I, I want him shooting the ball 16 to 17 times a game. I mean, I think that's – if you look down the, the, the average on the season, he's averaging somewhere around 14 or 15. Although in Big 12 play, maybe a few more. Yeah, no, that's about right. So, I mean, every shot he's taking is efficient. I mean, let's listen to these three-point numbers the last few games. Four for eight, four for eight, six for nine, three for eight in Big 12 play. You freaking wow. kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, and so, I mean, and remember early in the season, Michigan State game, he had eight free throws. Dayton game, he had seven free throws. Um uh, he hasn't been doing that. And that's maybe the thing I'd like to see a little bit more is getting, getting into the paint a little more, but you can't, you can't really get mad at him because he's, he's scoring 20 points a game very efficiently. Uh, so whatever he's doing, I guess you don't want to change too much, but that's, he's been fun to watch. So I went back and looked at Pierce's junior year statistics, 20.4 points a game. Average just about one three pointer a game. So that's the biggest a different difference. game. Yeah, totally. I mean, well, we obviously knew, that uh, Pierce could shoot the three from his time in the NBA, just not how they played back in the nineties uh, from that position or really just generally yeah. uh, at all. But uh, you know, that's, that's kind of about where, where Ochai is with 20.4 points a game, uh, obviously different team, obviously different uh, makeup and, and the different, the way they played, but you know, that's probably the closest comparison we can, we can have. That's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I I got nothing else for you other than uh, I hope he continues to keep it. Uh, I'd love to see a four-year player go out on top, um, right. you know, at least make a final four run um, and, and he get the accolades that he deserves along the way. Uh, love seeing a local guy, love seeing a guy who improves every year. He's a Jayhawk, um, you know, and, and, I think we've, and you just don't see that very often, right? Where, where someone just stays four years, makes an imprint on the program. You don't, I mean, you don't see that at Kansas that often anymore. Um, and he, I mean, it used to be, we grew up with these guys yeah. or we watched them grow up from the, you know, they come in as a freshman by the, their senior year, got a handful of them competing for all. Of them. I mean, it seemed like you just went through that process over right. and over again and you just don't get that anymore with, um, uh, we, you know, occasionally we do, but, you know, not, not like before you have a, a year of Wiggins, a year of Ubre, a year of Josh Jackson. Um, we, you know, we had our, our, our big boon with, uh, Devonte Graham and, and Frank Mason. So like the, that's been good, but it's, it's rare. It's rare anymore. It is rare. Uh, I just hope it continues. I hope he leads us the whole way. Uh, he's going to have an opportunity. I think throughout big 12 play to continue to assert himself. Uh, obviously we, we talked about from day one, he might have something to say about that Big 12 Player of the Year race. Uh, you know, when his uh, his teammate was the uh, preseason Big 12 Player of the Year, which is still hard hard to kind of think about now. But uh, anyway, he's been great. Now let's transition yep. transition wanna... to the current Ken Palm number one ranked player in what? the Big 12. The number one ranked player in Ken Palm in the Big 12, Christian Brown. Okay, All current right. James Akinjo number two. Ochai, number three, Isaiah Brockington, number four, and then Tasmanian Devil Sherman from West Virginia, who we shut down on Saturday, number five. How about anyway, that? C- CB number one. I did not know that. Uh, okay, so CB. That being said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, okay, so we saw ceiling CB throughout November and December. Uh, and I guess it was more maybe December. Uh, last few games haven't been as good. Uh, he's still impacting the game, right? I mean, they still, he's still playing fine. He deserves the minutes he's getting. This doesn't seem like he's quite finishing as well as he was earlier. Um, I mean, there were several times where he went sort of an, I mean, we talked about it on this podcast not two weeks ago. Dude was seeking, he was a heat-seeking missile to dunk on guys, right? Mm-hmm. And the last few games, and particularly West Virginia, he had clear lanes to destroy people and just kind of 
I don't know, just kind of flipped it up. Just didn't really missing layups and missing, missing shots that he would normally, you know, not just make, but like he was making look good and mean, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, earlier in the season. What, what's your take on this? And, and I, I, someone gave me a nickname for CB, which I did not like, by the way, I'm not endorsing this, but it did make me chuckle a little bit. <laughs> and I, I think I said something to the fact of dunk the damn ball CB on Twitter. And someone replied and said, low TCB, <laughs> mm. which is, uh, that's just not very nice. First of all, not very nice. Uh, and very as, nice. as a, this is a proven Christian Brown safe space, uh, low, not allowed. Can TC- I get some, can I get some big, strong people to come remove Kevin from this safe space? I didn't say it. Someone tweeted to me. <laughs> all I did was respond and say, uh, I chuckled. At that was the, a Missouri joke, by the way. I don't know if anyone got, Oh, that. okay. There you go. Uh, uh anyway, uh, I, I'm gonna put to push back on this a little bit. One, you I'll say like yes. I, I don't think that he's been scoring at the bucket as prolific as he used to, or yeah. at, you know, as we saw maybe in November and December. Uh, and I think it's probably better defenses in the Big 12 sure. have really kind of taken out that when he cuts to the basket, he gets the ball in the paint, easy bucket. That's not as it's we've got a couple here and there, but we used to get those four or five times a game for him, you know, and Ochai. Those have been taken away a little bit. I, I think that other teams saw how dangerous that was. And it also could be the way McCormick was playing. A lot of that clearing space for him depends on how well, whether McCormick's in the game and how how well he's doing, you know, whether he's drawing a double team or whether he's drawn players away. Not It's not been not as, as good in, in, in January. However, I still, you know, and he has missed a couple more at the basket. That's not on defenses. That's, that's probably on him. I'm going to say this in terms of the low TCB comment. The dude had five blocks against West Virginia. That's fair. That's fair. Five blocks. Listen, I I didn't endorse the nickname. I'm just saying it wasn't me. Now Uh, he, he did not score the ball all that well. No, he had eight points. But he had six rebounds, five assists, and five blocks. That's pretty good. The dude fills the stat sheet. That's why he's number one on on the Big Twelve uh, Ken Palm rankings because he, when he doesn't score, he does everything else. Do they track turnovers too? Because he had four of those. He did have four turnovers. Not, <laughs> not a great game. <laughs> oh, listen, I, the turnover front. I, I want CV in the game. I want. CV I think one of them shots. was a charge. I don't think they should count charges as turnovers because that's just being aggressive. One of them was a charge. I agree. And I, and I want him to be aggressive. I'll, I'm okay with him getting that charge. And he's getting 35 points or minutes a game. And I don't think, I don't see that changing. I think he's exact. He's going to be in the game to your point. He's impacting the game other ways. Uh, he's just, he's been a little cold from three, you know, maybe that's part of it. Uh, but, and he, but, but I think the thing that bothered me more is he's been cold from two. Mm-hmm. And he started off so good there. Maybe so. Anyway, just something to watch. You can't get mad at him, like as you mentioned. He had five blocks, five assists, six rebounds, eight points. You can't get mad at that. Um, but it's his first game since the Michigan State game that he wasn't in double figures in scoring, which is wow. That's a model of consistency, I think. More than anything, you got to be pretty impressed with that. Even through the games that we didn't think he was very good, he had thirteen and ten. Both games, he had over six rebounds. He has, he's had no less than six rebounds since, uh, you know, since uh, the big 12 play started. So uh, he's still getting, doing what he's supposed to do. Uh, the only thing that makes you wonder a little bit, Andrew, uh, maybe, maybe there's something to watch is the Jalen Wilson factor. Mm, definitely. Where maybe Jalen's picked up CB is. Cause I think we talked about this. I think we thought, Jalen was going to be what CB was throughout right. December. Uh, right. And, and maybe he is, and they're just going to have to coexist and figure it out and work it out. And they think they will. And, and they both know how to fill up a box score and you go out, you want those guys on your team. Uh, but will, can they both do it at the same time? You gotta, you gotta hope so. I think they can, but maybe they're still working some of that out too. So that's something to watch. I listen, this is not, I'm not endorsing low TCB at all. 
But if he misses more Five layups, blocks. If he misses more layups, <laughs> wide open layups. I'm not saying I'm, I'm listen, I'm not gonna say it. I, I will not say it. I will not say it. Uh, but I'll understand if someone Get replies to me. Here. If someone replies it, to me and says it's not to say I'm gonna block, I'm not gonna block you if you say low TCB to me. I am. If he makes if if he misses layups <laughs> below the rim. If he dunks on a guy and misses, I ain't gonna be mad at that. If he gets a charge, I ain't going to be mad at that. So, CB, we know you're listening. Just go dunk on somebody. Just go dunk on him. Just go dunk, Just go on, dunk on somebody. Yeah. Yeah. He's got that. Uh, <laughs> Hold we'll on. See. I want to get CB is now third in the conference in blocks. In blocks? Third. That's pretty good. Where's Dave? Fourth. Okay. Look at that. Where's Mitch? Tenth. Hmm. Okay. Which is pretty good because he's playing like 10 minutes a game. <laughs> blocks blocks per minute, pretty good. Pretty good. All right. We'll watch uh we'll watch all of those developments, Andrew. So anything else? Uh I think we've kind of talked through a bunch of the players and storylines there through all that. I, I'd like to maybe talk a little bit about the Big 12. Yeah. Definitely. Uh so what a wild start to the Big 12 season. First of all, everyone thought Baylor has got a team to beat. You know, they could look great. And they, they still may be. They still, and they still may be. Uh, but they have a bad week and, and then you see, uh, you see, you know, teams like, uh, Texas tech come out of nowhere, go bonkers. And then obviously prove that you can lose to anyone on any given night, particularly on the road in this league. Although Baylor, both those losses came at home, Andrew, Mm -hmm. you talk about winning. They don't have a great home court. You know, they are defending national title holders, but, uh, they they don't too great there. It's it's not Allen Fieldhouse, and it's not a good Galgaribar or even a uh, a good Bramlage. But the they're, point is, you got to go on the road still, and yep. you got to win your home games because the road games are theoretically tougher. Uh, we'll see. I mean, they did win a good one at Iowa State. Um, it was a close game. That was a fun game. That first opening game against uh, in the Big Twelve, um, and that. That kind of showed, I think, showed very well for Iowa State, frankly. I thought they looked like they were the part. Obviously showed the same against us. Uh, I don't know what their ceiling is, but I think they're going to be a pain in the ass to play, and they're going to win games. Uh, although they've they started off a little slow. They, they did have a nice game against Texas on Saturday, a nine-point uh, home win to, uh, to get them back to two and three in the, in the league. But, Andrew, I think we're going to see uh, – we're going to see some teams – uh, I mean, you even look at like Oklahoma, maybe a fringe uh, tournament team. Uh, you know, they lost to, to TCU in overtime, uh, but they beat the crap out of Iowa State. I mean, I don't know if you saw the end of that game, but they could miss. Uh, your boy Tanner Groves was was looking good, and they 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 just put him away. So I guess the point is, you Big Twelve, it's going to be a, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a dogfight every single night which makes it fun, I think, but also makes it sort of like this is going to be a long season <laughs> at yeah. the same time. I don't know. What do you, what do you, there's no, there's no off nights, uh, which I, I don't know. It's entertainment, but might, might be, no, like, uh, take your heart medicine. Going on the, like, this is going to be one of those years where Allen Fieldhouse is really an advantage because getting a win on the road is going to be incredibly difficult. So you have to win at home. You have to get all your wins at home if you want to win the league and then hope to pick a couple spots where you can get some wins uh, on the road and, you know, maybe 12 and six wins the league, 13 and five wins the league. I don't think anyone's going to have more than that. I mean, we're three and one. We're in a good position, but it's not going to be, we're not going to go 17 and one in this conference. It's too difficult. It's there's, there's too many good teams and it's uh, you know, any given night, you could just hit, hit a team that's clicking defensively and you just can't score. I mean, this is, it's, it's hard to get him even get into the paint uh, in, in the big 12. Uh, so, you know, Allen Fieldhouse has got to be rocking every game, even with this Omicron going on. Uh, hopefully that's about over. I don't know, but uh, it's, uh, it's going to be one of those ones where you got to defend home. And then if you want to win this league, you got to find a couple spots to, to win on the road. You know, we're, we're kind of, cursed 
in, in the sense that we think that we should win every game, but it is incredibly difficult to win on the road in the big 12. And so when we go down to Texas tech and we lose, everyone thinks the sky's falling. It's just hard to win on the road. In the big 12, go yeah. back and, and look at, uh, you know, how much, how much we win at home and how much we win on the road. I mean, it's stark difference for every team. And so, you know, that's why going down to Oklahoma state, getting a win is important. Going down to Oklahoma tomorrow, we're recording this on Monday, uh, and, and getting a win is incredibly important because those are things that are going to add up when you can you can win on the road. Yeah, I mean, Ken Palm, to your point, has that as a four-point game. I mean, I don't know what the line will be. I suspect it might be closer to five, five and a half, six, but not like very far away from that. <laughs> um, and I think every game, even, even against, you know, we're going to play at K-State on Saturday. Uh, you know, even if even the worst team in the Big 12, theoretically, I don't know if that line is going to be more than seven points. Of points. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's probably right about right. Yeah. Which is why I mean, you think about that in the past, like that's wild. Uh, there's just not gonna be any there's no buy games. The the game that we are predicted to win, the only I guess we've got two games. The only two games we're predicted on Ken Palm to win by double digits are uh, home against TCU, home against K-State, and home against uh, Oklahoma, State. Oklahoma State. And that's it. <laughs> so uh, the rest are going to be, you know, uh, uh, just a, a single-digit lines and probably tighter than that in a lot of them. Um, and so that's – it's just going to be – it's going to be wild. And I don't know how to rank these teams, uh, Andrew. I still think Baylor's probably – uh, at or near the top. I think we are probably at or near the top. Um, maybe there's a slight drop off from there uh, down to the, you know, Iowa state, Texas of the world. Uh, does that feel right? Texas tech, put them in there too. Texas, I'm sorry, Texas tech uh, as well. And then, so maybe there's a, a tier there probably by itself. And then the, the Oklahoma, uh, West Virginia, West Virginia tier, and then maybe Oklahoma State, K State tier. Does that feel or TCU maybe down in there too? Does that feel right? That's that's kind of feels right. I mean that could that could change. Sure. You could cer- certainly see some of those teams like you know Texas Tech. I think if they don't lose to K State, we're putting them in that top tier. With all t- all TCU's Kansas. done is win games. All TCU's done is win games, Andrew. <laughs> Let's let it play out a little bit. They've, all they've they can do is case... play their schedule, Andrew. They got they, two, they're two and one. They lost to Baylor. That's the only loss. That's a good loss. I, I, um, I don't, maybe I say I don't know anything about TCU this year. There's probably one of the only teams I haven't seen this year because uh, they were they're out for a while. Um, you know, obviously we missed our first game with them. We'll we'll make that up in, in the coming weeks, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. You know. I definitely would not put TCU uh, up in the top tier, Kevin. I, I wasn't trying Probably to. Probably in the K-State tier. I think that's Maybe right. Maybe the Oklahoma State tier. They but, beat K-State. They beat Oklahoma. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, Andrew, I mean, this, all, all we can sort of take away right now is every game is going to be fun, I think. I mean, that's it's going to be can't-miss basketball. In a weird way, like, I don't think – we've always said, oh, wow, Big 12, RPI, top – league you know forever the past 10 years with all that sort of stuff you can say it, it even feels more so this year like you know you know and we've talked about you know whatever big 12 is a tough league top to bottom people could say that all that's a talking point i think this is sort of on steroids though this year it feels like to me i don't know i don't know how you feel about that but it just it feels even even crazier this year than i can ever really remember top to bottom definitely top to bottom uh, I mean, I think every team is better than they have been in the, the, this is compared to the previous year, Baylor with the potential exception. And then uh, the bottom is just way better than before. Yeah. Way better. Yeah. Well, the, the, bottom, be the bottom is, is fringe is fringe NCAA tournament. Whereas before it's, you know, like last year, Iowa state didn't win a game in the big 12. Yeah. That, and now their turnaround has been wild. The, yeah, I mean, they completely gutted everything. We got JCL. We we gave them Tristan and Arua. They brought in a whole new batch of guys, and you know that's a whole different team. Uh, yeah, and bound for the tournament. So, you know, the bottom is just way better. 
and we've got some elite teams at the top. So yeah, this is this is a good conference, and we're gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. I mean, I like watching Big Twelve basketball, but more important, I like watching KU win Big Twelve basketball games. <laughs> so we'll see what we have. We got Oklahoma tomorrow on Tuesday, and we've got at K State at the Octagon of Doom on Saturday. Uh, not a great showing for the Octagon if you if you've watched the past couple K State games. No one goes to those games. Yeah, they will on Saturday, but that place has been absolutely empty. Yep. I mean, we do know that Manhattan is extremely COVID conscious, so you got to think right. that they're probably <laughs> sure just- of, of all the places in the state of Kansas, <laughs> Manhattan's probably number one. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you know, they, they haven't given them a great reason to go of the, the game that they played last game was pretty good. So maybe, maybe they'll get some some love back in the stadium. Uh, it does feel like Bruce is, is, uh, on the, the hottest of the hot seats. Oh, it's uh, scorching, scorching hot after they did have those four straight losses. Uh, they, they lost Oklahoma, Texas, West Virginia, TCU. Those are not the toughest teams in the big 12. Uh, and, and then obviously beat Texas tech. And now they play at Texas, Kansas, Baylor, the next Whoa. three games. Yikes. So we will see uh, how uh, old Bruce fares through through that stretch. Uh, they they are, I mean, they've got some pieces, but yeah, it's it's not anything that people are going to be, uh, yeah, I don't know, too fired up about. And I think that it's it's clear. I mean, even after that loss that they had at TCU, they just they sort of pissed it away after the game. Uh, Kellis Robinette, who's you know does reporting for them said uh, uh, K-State players, Mark Smith and Marquise Noel uh, both asked fans to take it easy on Bruce. After this one, they were <laughs> adamant that this loss was on the players and not the coaching staff. <laughs> like when you have players coming out, be like, Hey guys, <laughs> it's a, it's a tough scene in there. Could you go easy on Bruce? This one's on us. Don't, don't say anything about him. This is on us. Like when you have that going on, that is a, that is a bad sign. Although hey, maybe but they, hey, the back against the wall. When a rally for, the for Bruce, they rallied yeah. against Texas Tech. Rally for Bruce. Uh, maybe they can get. Maybe they can get him like a neck brace, or like uh, something. Bring old Woolridge just to give him some sympathy. The old Woolridge uh, treatment. Uh, maybe yeah. uh, something. Something to make him feel a little more like a Gipper, and and uh, maybe they'll they'll rally. We back. should, you know, just because we're into the in, in the uh business of setting fake lines for things you know we should set the line of when bruce weber gets fired Ooh. and i think we probably should set it so the last game of the big 12 would be saturday the 5th of march setting it on the 6th is too easy so yeah, i think you got a 12 tournament oh big 12 tournament you're right so that's the 12th is the championship game do you set it on the twelfth, or do you set it before? Because, like, you know, you could see him oh, in after. February. He's gonna he'll he'll get through the season. They're not gonna fire him midseason. Even like March first. No, I I think they I think they let him ride the season. So you're taking the, the I'll over. take the over on that. I'm, I'd be happy to put a bet down on that. I think they I think they let him play out the season. Okay. We can revisit Maybe. this, but, but in, like, no no one thinks he survives though, right? Uh, what would it take? Okay, so what? So I think it would take a a, a, a tournament trip. Whoo! Well, huh? And I don't know if that's necessarily deserved. He's two years removed from winning a a Big Twelve crown. I know that twenty twenty nineteen. I'm looking at their so that Texas Tech game was by far the best win they have on their calendar on their schedule. Before that, it was 92nd ranked Wichita State in Kinpon. But their only losses have been to top 60 Kinpon teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they don't technically have bad losses. They lost to Arkansas, Illinois, Marquette, Oklahoma, Texas, West Virginia, and TCU is their worst loss. Mm. It's a pretty bad loss. You have to get some wins, though. You have to get a bunch of wins, bunch they don't deserve. Hopefully not against us. Although I do fear, Andrew, that there's going to be too much of that like K-State beating Baylor or some stupid like stuff here or worse yet K-State beating Oklahoma and 
uh, and like too many times those sorts of things keep like an Oklahoma out of the tournament, like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I, we need a couple that are sort of down at the bottom. <laughs> Otherwise we're going to have tournament teams that get, uh, that should be in the tournament probably would be anywhere else, not getting in, but we'll see. All right. Uh, anything else you want to cover here? I've, we got an Oklahoma game coming up tomorrow, Tuesday. We're recording this on Monday. Rematch um, with the Groves brothers. Yes. Even though we won the first one, they uh, they really took it to us last year when they played uh, in the tournament against us for Eastern Washington, or at least Tanner did. Tanner. Uh, well, they both kind of did. They I know Tanner's, Tanner's killing it for Oklahoma. I'm not sure if the other one plays much, but, uh, you know, like, it's, it'll be a, a, you know, a whole new team. Got a new coach down there, Porter Mosier. Uh after the retirement of Lon Kruger, a whole new set of faces down there, some transfers, some, some returning guys. So uh, excited to watch this Oklahoma team. Uh, hopefully we can get a win down there. And then we go to K-State on Saturday. Yeah, should be a fun week. Uh, hopefully a week where we get out of here with a couple wins. Um, <laughs> uh, it's kind of crazy, but theoretically, these are our two, uh, two of our easier road games uh, left on the schedule, and they don't feel very easy. But no. Uh, uh, a four point and seven point respectively uh, Ken Palm suggested lines here. So uh, combine the two of them on Ken Palm and it would be, probably be a coin flip or worse for us to win both games um, in terms of uh, winning both, you know, going two and O sort of viewed as a coin flip. The first game, 62% most likely second game, 74% likely you put but those together. Doesn't consider we got groundhog David back. Mm, no, I don't think he's factored that into his uh, into his algorithm yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a big and we got a big game from Remy coming on Saturday. That's what I, I hope so. I mean, I, I just want to be back. I don't. I'm not even asking for big games yet, but I'd like to see some progress to get him in and out of street clothes and in, in the uniform. So uh, he was putting some shots up in Allen Fieldhouse the other night after the game with with Jeremy Case, the best uh, best practice shooter of all time. So that's good. Maybe it'll rub off a little bit and, and, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, I hope he gets back though. And shout out to, uh, to our guy, Vernon. Hey, take it easy on Vernon. He's just doing his thing. Take it easy on Vernon. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, let's get out of here. Uh, any, any other comments for you before we get out? Just rock shock Jayhawk rock shock. All right. We will catch you next time on the Jayhawk talk podcast, probably after the K-State game would be our guest unless something crazy happens. We might be doing a Twitter spaces, so tune in, check the Twitter feed. A little purple thing at the top of your Twitter is uh, is us uh, probably talking about post-game, hopefully talking about a big Dave game, big Remy game, big CB game coming back. No low TCB. And, uh, <laughs> and otherwise, we'll catch you next time on the Jayhawk Talk podcast. Rock Chuck. I tried to tell him every time we on the court. I tried to tell him that we never coming up short. I tried to tell him that we came here to get the win. I tried to tell him that, that they should never let us in. They say that we the best, but I say we the greatest. That's why they try to knock us down and always seem to hate us. That's why they talk about us. They know they can never fade us. It's tradition and that Kansas pride that has truly made us. They know just how we feel. They know at Allen Field that we gon' keep it real. Shout out to Bill. This for them fans that waited off in them long lines. Camped out before the games and they stayed a long time. Every dollar that we spend just to watch our team win. On a Jayhawk shirt or a new clean Benz with a sticker on the back. With the K and the U. Uh-huh, yeah, baby, that'll make you say, ooh. We at the top of the top just like we should be. Started from the bottom thanks to what James could see. Dr. Naismith made a game for man, changed lives for the players and did the same for, for the fans. This for my J-Hope fans, for my J-Hope. This for my J-Hope fans, for my J-Hope. This for my J-Hope fans, for my J-Hope. And if you love it, then I love it, cause we hope This for my J-Hope fans, for my J-Hope. This for my J-Hope fans, for my J-Hope. This for my J-Hope fans, for my J-Hope. And if you love it
That we've been cheering everything that we've been hearing All them spreads that we've been clearing Never been no team we fearing And look how Bill got us fearing All them tournaments appearing With no team that's interfering Nine times get to cheering With them banners held high And the crowd going wild Night before the final four You can't even sleep now Yeah, we at the peak now We can't even leap down March Madness, man We've been waiting weeks now If you a Hawks fan Go ahead and hold them ones high Shout out to the booster showing love in the alumni. I'm speaking for the fans, even though I'm just one guy. We appreciate the love, love won't run dry. Imagine the state of Kansas with no Jayhawks. That's like having no streets, but trying to jaywalk. They see us as support, and we see them on the court. So we keep it loud and do our best so we don't come up short. We win together, and we lose together. But win or lose, we still booze together. Struggles in my life will change me as a man. But one thing that'll never change, I'll be a Jayhawk fan. I ain't even gotta really say it. This one for the fans, that's why I made it. March Madness, here we can't be faded. Rock Chuck J. Hawk in your faces. I ain't even gotta really say it. This one for the fans, that's why I made it. March Madness, here we can't be faded. Rock Chuck J. Hawk in your faces. This for my J. Hawk fans, for my J. Hawks. This for my J. Hawk fans, for my J. Hawks. It's for my J-Hawk fans, for my J-Hawks, Hawks. And if you love it, then I love it, cause we Hawks, baby. It's for my J-Hawks.